Deidwich Makara agus Cade Mila apologies for the long gap between the last podcast and this one. Uh, everyone's been really busy with the referendum and uh, other things in our lives, so uh, we've got something a little bit different for you today. It's just going to be me, but I'm interviewing Ken Ham from Answers in Genesis. He's going to be coming to Ireland this year to do a conference. So without further ado, here's me and Ken. Okay, Ken, thanks for coming on the show. Just as an introduction for everyone, Ken Ham is the president and founder of Answers in Genesis, an organization devoted to um, getting the Christian biblical worldview out there in respect to origins and where we've come from. Um, Ken, you are uh, putting on a conference with uh, Answers in Genesis UK in Ireland. That's very exciting. Uh, yes, and uh, in fact, we're coming in November uh, this year. Uh, Friday the 2nd of November and Saturday the 3rd of November and we're bringing a few of our speakers from the United States plus uh, speakers we have there uh, in the United uh, Kingdom coming over and we're running the conference in Ireland and it's going to be at Athlone Springs Hotel in Monksland. Athlone, I presume that's how you uh, pronounce it. And we're going to cover a whole range of topics dealing with uh, creation apologetics. Uh, I'm going to talk on the state of the culture and uh, the book of Genesis and dealing with uh, moral issues, all of our doctrines that are founded in Genesis and uh, really talk about the origins issue in regard to uh, people's worldview. And of course, we'll deal with talking about uh, millions of years and fossils and, uh, you know, the age of the earth and all those uh, interesting sort of topics and we're going to be answering many of the most asked questions that have people have in regard to the book of Genesis. In fact, we're bringing over one of our scientists, Dr. Georgia Purdom, who's a molecular geneticist and she'll deal with genetics. So we'll cover topics like natural selection and adaptation. And all of this is to really uh, instruct people to equip Christians with answers against the secular attacks on the Bible today and to challenge non-Christians concerning the truth of God's word in Genesis and that the biology, geology, astronomy, anthropology in Genesis really is true and that that's the true history uh, of the universe. Amazing. Amazing. I'm, I'm hoping to go myself, uh, my wife as well, and uh, hopefully we're going to be able to see you there. And uh, yeah, so we're putting it out to our, our sort of small but growing listenership at the moment just to, to raise a little bit of awareness about the conference um can i ask uh just a couple of questions about creationism um you've obviously devoted a, a massive amount of time um huge uh, to creationism and to to trying to help uh, christians understand and articulate the uh, biblical worldview from the book of genesis and the rest of the scriptures can i ask why you think it's so important well, the reason we would say it's very important is because it comes down to an authority issue. If you look in our whole Western world, we see that the younger generations, the millennials, also Generation Z or Generation Z, however you pronounce it, depending on what English country you're in. Uh, but uh, when we look at the younger generations, they are very, very secularized. And a lot of this is a, a failure of the church to really stand on the authority of God's word beginning in Genesis. In fact, much of the church, church leadership, 
has told generations of kids that you can believe in evolution, believe in millions of years. You don't have to take Genesis as literal history. And what has happened is uh, many of those generations have recognized that if if Genesis is not true as written, how can you trust the rest of Scripture? And so it's really undermined the foundation of the authority of the Word of God. Uh, not only that, but a lot of the younger generations, uh, one of their accusations is, how can you believe in a loving God when there's all this death and suffering in the world? You know, and and, and many of them have, have grown up in homes where they've experienced some tragedy or someone has died or there's been abuse or whatever it is. And so the accusation is, how can there be a loving God? And what they don't understand is that death, suffering, disease is a consequence of our sin, that we cause this, not God. Uh, but unfortunately, generations of kids have been brought up in churches where they've been told you can believe in millions of years. Well, as soon as you believe in millions of years, the idea of millions of years came out of atheist and deistic naturalism mm -hmm. of the 1700s and 1800s to try to explain the fossil record without God. And so then you've got all of these fossils, dead things showing evidence of diseases like cancer and so on in the fossil record before man. Many Christians have tried to fit that in before Adam, but after God made Adam, he said everything was very good. Uh, so mm. then you'd have God calling, calling cancer very good because there's cancer in the fossil record. You see evidence of it. And it also, it also means that God's responsible for death and suffering and all the death and suffering and horrible things we see happening today is supposedly going on for millions of years. But the Bible makes it clear today is a groaning world because of our sin. And mm. so because of, because of the compromise in the church and with church leaders, so many young people have walked away from the church and they've been, become very secularized by the culture. And so they don't have in any way a Christian worldview. I, we see that reflected in their attitudes towards abortion and gender, mm -hmm. marriage, euthanasia, race, and so on. And uh, so this is a very, very important topic because it really relates to can we trust the Bible or not? And can we trust the Bible right from the very start in Genesis? The first 11 chapters of Genesis are actually foundational to all Christian doctrine, to our whole Christian worldview. Mm, so we we open up our Bible and, and from page one, we tell our children and friends and family that that's a myth and our authority for interpreting it should be um, modern science. And then we expect them to take the rest of the word seriously and not to uh, insert a humanistic worldview anywhere they can, right? Exactly. I mean, if you think about it, take Richard Dawkins, that famous atheist who's a scientist. <laughs> uh, if, if you said to Richard Dawkins, I, I believe that Jesus Christ bodily rose from the dead. And he said, why? He said, because the Bible says. And, you, and he would say, but science has never shown a man could rise from the dead. And then you say, oh, it hasn't? Oh, well, then maybe maybe we should reinterpret that. You would, you would as, as a Christian, would say, no, you can't do that. You can't take what an atheist says and reinterpret the clear teaching of the Bible uh, that Jesus bodily rose from the dead. But then I would say, but Christians do that all the time. In Genesis, they take <laughs> what, what atheists like Richard Dawkins say about the age of the earth, about the origin of the universe, and they reinterpret Genesis. And the interesting thing is 
that has really unlocked a door that's caused many and many of our younger generations to say, if you're going to use man's ideas outside of scripture and reinterpret Genesis and say Genesis doesn't mean what it says, and you've got to reinterpret the days and reinterpret the creation account. And, you know, man didn't come from dust. He came from some ape man and woman must have come from some ape woman. And there never was a global flood. And we've got to rewrite Genesis to fit with what these secular scientists are saying. Uh, then if you're going to do that in Genesis, why shouldn't you do that in the rest of Scripture? And if you bring up generations saying you can start outside of Scripture with the secular views of the day and reinterpret Genesis, well, why not start with the secular views of marriage and reinterpret marriage so it's no longer a man and a woman? Reinterpret abortion so it's no longer killing a human being. It's just uh, doing what you want for your own sake, and we're just all animals anyway. So, So there's great implications in regard to what you believe about the book of Genesis. Right, right. And huge uh, gospel implications if we um if we turn away from uh looking at Adam as a as a true historical figure who broke the covenant of works with God, then how do we interpret um Christ coming to fulfill the covenant that Adam had broken on our behalf? Uh, that how do we interpret Christ coming as the second Adam? If Adam was a a, a mythical figure or a a sort of a an amalgamation of of um, early man, then then how did Christ come to to fulfill what he was supposed to do? It it doesn't fit. And then you've got this. Um, all you're left with then is is a moralistic Christ, right? Who just came to uh, show us how to be better. Exactly. And you know, I mean, in in the New Testament, we read that uh, Jesus is called the last Adam because he takes the place of the first Adam. So if the first Adam is a myth, well, how can you trust the last Adam? Uh, The scripture also tells us that uh, through Adam, Adam's sin came death. And the scripture compares that to the last Adam through his death, death on the cross comes life. And and so the first and the last Adam are compared. uh, And that's very, very important for us to understand the gospel. And, and not only that, if death is not the penalty for sin, if death has been here for millions of years, then what did Christ's death on the cross have to do with, with uh, paying the penalty for our sin? You know, Scripture says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. But if there was the shedding of blood millions of years before Adam sinned, if you believe in millions of years, you got the shedding of blood for millions of years. So if that happened before Adam sinned, what has the shedding of blood got to do with the remission of sins? And so as you start to realize that if you believe in evolution of millions of years as a Christian, you're undermining the gospel. It's really an attack, too, on the character of God, because at the end of the sixth day of creation, uh, God said everything he made was very good. Well, if very good means it was a world full of death and suffering and cancer and all sorts of diseases, as you see in the the fossil record, then uh, what what kind of a God is that? Uh, So you're saying it's a God who says that, uh, you know, the, the things we see in the world that uh, involve bloodshed and disease and so on, that God says that is very good. No, God created a very good world. Uh, Romans 8 tells us now the whole of creation groans in pain because of our sin. And when you understand the scripture that you can't have death and disease before sin, it means the fossil record couldn't have been laid down before sin. And the fossil record is not evidence of millions of years. It's actually the graveyard of the flood of Noah's day, because the Bible also tells us about a global flood about three, 4,300 years ago at the time of Noah, uh, which would 
therefore deposit layers with fossils all over the world. So uh, it's really, really important that we get these things uh, correct. For sure, yeah. And since the foundations have been attacked, we have seen um, a rapid secularization of our culture. Once the um, biblical worldview and the truth of Genesis and uh, the rest of the scriptures were, were challenged in our society, we, we, we do see um, a, a turn towards a secular culture, a, a humanistic worldview starting to dominate because they managed to lay a new foundation from where we all came from. Because, uh, am I right in saying this, before before Darwin, while there was still um, non-believers, there was still no solid explanation outside of um, the scriptures as to uh, where the world came from. So we had a, we have the prevalence of of deism, which is as close as they could get to a sort of an atheism w- where they could not they could refuse to acknowledge God and worship him and pay him any dues. But they did say, well, yes, God did create the world, but then has stepped away. So then we what we see with uh, in a post kind of Darwin society, we've seen once they've managed to set their foundation, their new genesis, they've managed to 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 turn people away from the biblical worldview, and we we're we're seeing that um a lot now in 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 Ireland, what a world turned from uh, a sort of a Christian worldview looks like. Um, you've been seeing it. Um, you've been living in the United States, and uh, I'm sure you've seen the same thing over there. Am I right? Well, yeah, and, and, and in fact, you know, when you look at what's happening, the whole Western world, the trend is the same. And mm-hmm. what has happened is I, I would, there's the secularization of, of the coming generations because, by and large, uh, we handed our younger generations over to the government education system, uh, which, by and large, through God out, the Bible out, prayer out, creation out, taught them that you can explain everything by natural processes and uh, taught them uh, really an atheistic evolutionary worldview uh, that we're all just animals and we're all related to each other and that the, that science has shown the Bible is just a book of mythology. So we've had the secularization of our younger generations. Uh, and then there's been a failure in the church because the church, instead of teaching them to stand on the authority of the word of God and equipping them with answers to these secular attacks, basically said yes you can believe whatever the world is teaching you and genesis doesn't matter uh and so now we have generations who say you know we we don't build our worldview on the bible see in the past there was there used to be a respect for the bible even those that weren't christians had a rather christianized worldview and they would say that you know abortion was wrong because that's murder that's killing killing a human being that marriage was a man and a woman but the more we have generations raised up to believe it's man who determines truth and mm-hmm. uh, that they have an evolutionary foundation for their worldview and we're just animals, well, get rid of spare cats, get rid of spare kids, what's the difference? Not only that, uh, but they they say that you know marriage is whatever we want to make it to be and however we want to define it to be. Uh, the scripture makes it very, very clear that we're made humans are made in the image of god no animals were made in the image of god there's a distinction between man and the animals but because of their secular education uh, training uh, that distinction has been blurred and so man is just another animal man is a higher animal 
and and we increasingly have the younger generations who uh, see so much hypocrisy and inconsistency in the church that I think even in the recent uh, vote in in Ireland for abortion, in mm-hmm. many ways, I think it's a vote against the church and it's a vote against uh, Christian morality. And they 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 see that the church hasn't stood on God's word like it should have. And uh, they have been trained to believe it's man who determines truth. So we're our own God, so we want to do what we want to do. And in fact, it really goes back to Genesis. If you think about it, our sin nature inherited from Adam. When Adam sinned, you know, what was the temptation that was given to uh, Adam and Eve? It, it was, did God really say, in other words, don't trust God's word, then you mm-hmm. can become like God. You can be your own God. So our nature is we want to be our own God and decide uh, truth, what we believe is truth for ourselves. And that's really the worldview that they've been given through the secular education system. And in many ways, the church has helped that by saying you can you don't have to believe God's word. You don't have to take God's word as written. It's not the absolute authority, particularly beginning in Genesis. And so we shouldn't be surprised at what's happening uh, in our Western world where we now have uh, the millennial generation, Generation Z, they are so secularized. They have such a secular worldview. Uh, and they see those that disagree with them. They accuse them of hate speech and, and so on because uh, they, they believe that everyone has a right to their own opinions, except they see when you have like the absolutes of uh, scripture and Christian morality that disagrees with them, they see that as being intolerant, yet they're being intolerant of the Christian worldview. And so there's this clash of worldviews that we see uh, in our culture. It's uh, it's true what you say. Um, we, the Ireland for the longest time has been dominated by the Roman Catholic Church. And a very long time ago, the Roman Catholic Church has admitted that evolution is fully compatible with the Bible and that you don't need to take it so literally. And uh, this is the same Roman Catholic Church that then tries to say the Bible is supposed to be our moral foundation and we we shouldn't have abortion because the Bible says so. But they've already given up their their um, the Bible as their foundation of their authority when they turned around and said, well, you don't need to take the Bible literally all the time. So what you've got left again when you're not taking the scriptures as literal fact is uh, moralism and follow our example and that's that's what the catholic church just dominated the um christian landscape in this country for the longest time that's what what they have done is just really said you just need to do do what we do and uh well more and more people are seeing through that um a worldview that that doesn't take the scriptures seriously and that just lays themselves out as the moral example um and as you were saying um we do see an increase in secularization in in fact in the last 30 or so years in ireland we have had referendums on whether we should allow divorce gay marriage and abortion and the people have overwhelmingly voted yes for all of these things and uh it is as you say it's a complete um abandonment of the uh the scriptures as foundational i might just say that um even though the catholic church has dominated there in ireland it's not it's not just a problem with the Catholic Church. It's a problem with across the nominational lines because 
for instance, in America, uh, you've got all sorts of denominations, you know, as, as you do in other countries, but the Southern Baptists are the biggest Protestant denomination in America, but you have other Baptists and you've got Presbyterians and Methodists and so on. But uh, most, most of our seminaries and Bible colleges uh, in um, America have academics that have compromised God's word in Genesis. And that mm-hmm. is because they haven't taken a strong stand, even compromised with millions of years and added into Genesis and so on. But what, what all that does is for the coming generations, it unlocks a door and the door it unlocks is you don't have to take Genesis as written. You can start outside the Bible and take man's ideas and reinterpret uh, the Bible in Genesis. If you're going to do that, why not reinterpret other parts either? And then it means the Bible is not the absolute authority. So then the coming generations become more consistent. And then coupled with the, the secular education system that has indoctrinated them and brainwashed them, uh, we can see why they're abandoning the Bible as a foundation for their morality and deciding that, hey, we can decide truth for ourselves. And that's really what's happening. In fact, Judges 21:25 says, when there is no king, when there's no absolute authority, everyone does what is right in his own eyes. And that's really what we see happening today, where we have these generations saying the Bible is not the absolute authority, so we can decide what is right in our own eyes. And uh, really, really, what they've been indoctrinated in evolutionary ideas, and evolution is really the pagan religion of this age to explain life without God. And it's a religion that really involves child sacrifice because really abortion is nothing less than child sacrifice to the God of self. Uh, and we, we all know that at, the, at fertilization, you have all the DNA that came from your mother, from your father. You have a unique combination of DNA. No new information is added. No information is taken away. And so according to the Bible, you're 100% made in the image of God because humans are made in the image of God. And we know what the Bible says uh, that uh, if you kill another person, that is wrong because they're made in the image of God. That's murder. You know, we we are allowed to, for instance, even eat animals and we have steak and so on uh, because they're not made in the image of God. They're different. After the flood, God said we could eat uh, all things, uh, but if you shed another man's blood, well, your blood shall be shed, it says, because man is made in the image of God. But if you don't believe the Bible and don't have that foundation, then we're just an animal, then you know y- your basis for morality is do whatever you want to do, do what is right in your own eyes. So we have to understand that the, all that's happening is a failure of the church to stand on the authority of the word of God the hypocrisy of the church, the inconsistency of the church in, in really allowing generations uh, to be told that you don't have to take the Bible as written, that God's word is not the absolute authority. In fact, when you reinterpret Genesis and add evolution of millions of years to the Bible, what you're really doing is saying it's man who's the authority, not God. And so man is then in authority over God's word and, and will reinterpret it however, he, however man wants to reinterpret it. Yeah, yeah. And would you say then that it um it becomes easy to justify abortion when you um give up a biblical worldview and uh turn to uh, an evolutionary sort of worldview? So a- absolutely. In fact, you know, the the own 
what we have to do is, and one of the things we're going to do at the conference when we come over there is teach people to think foundationally. See, if someone said to me, um, why do you, why do you say abortion is wrong? Why do you say it's murder? I'd say, because the foundation for my worldview is the Bible. I take it as the absolute authority. And because I start there and the and God's word tells me that we're made in the image of God and what that means, you know, that then is the foundation for my whole worldview. But if you take an evolutionary view, man is just an animal. We evolve from the animals. Uh, we evolve by natural processes. Um, so, you know, you get rid of spare cats, get rid of spare kids. What's the difference? Because we're all animals anyway. And I own my own body. I can do what I want. Uh, you know, morality is whatever I want to make it to be. <laughs> Um, when I debated a, a guy in America called Bill Guy, Bill Nye, the science guy, who's basically very atheistic in, uh, in his views, and I debated him, and a lot of people of the world have seen that debate. But one of the things I asked Bill Nye uh, for one of the times I was um, actually talking to him, I said, how do you decide what's right and what's wrong? He said, by a consensus of the tribe. Uh, and in other words, it's, it's whatever we decide together. Uh, as a group, because we decide morality for ourselves. We decide what's right and what's wrong. And so the teaching of atheistic evolution has really laid a foundation for these coming generations to say, we decide what's right and what's wrong. It's by a consensus of the tribe. And so you just had a consensus in Ireland that said abortion is okay. We can go ahead and uh, kill uh, children that are in their mother's wombs because it's by a consensus of the tribe, because mm -hmm. there is no, they don't, they, they don't have a, a basis in an absolute authority. So by consensus, they then decided this is what they determine is right. Yes. Yeah. If you uh, give up God's word as foundation, there's no other foundation but what you want. So. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tragedy what's happening in the world. It's the reason we have the ministry that we do, the Ministry of Answers yes. and Genesis and Teaching and Creation Apologetics and why we have the big two Christian attractions, the biggest two in the world here in America, the Life Size Ark and the Creation Museum. And it's why we do conferences, like we're coming to Ireland to do, to do a conference, is to really challenge people that the bible is god's word it is true the history in the bible is true that's why the gospel and the doctrines based in that history is true and to help people have the right foundation uh for their worldview you know the the point that i tell people and i do this in the conferences is when you consider issues that are going on today like gay marriage the gender issue transgender abortion euthanasia uh, all those uh, sorts of issues um, that that's not where the battle's at. You know, a lot of people think the battle is over where the marriage can be a man and a woman or whether it's whatever you want to make it to be or whether abortion's wrong or right or, or what about euthanasia? Is that wrong or right? It, that's really not where the battle's at. The battle is really at where does your worldview come from? Because if the Bible is true and, it, and this is God's word, uh, then God is the absolute authority, then that's the foundation for your worldview. But if a man is just a, a, a product of evolutionary processes, of naturalism, then your foundation is that it's man who determines truth. And so then it's by a consensus of the tribe or whatever. So the real battle comes down to 
where where does your worldview come from? Is it God's word or man's word? And actually, that's the battle that started in the garden 6,000 years ago when God said to Adam, don't eat the fruit of the tree. If you do, you'll surely die as a test of obedience. And the devil came to Eve and said, did God really say, no, you can become like God? And so a battle began between do you trust God's word or can man decide truth for himself? That's the same battle that's happening today. And the worldview that's dominating is the one that has the, the foundation. Now, unfortunately, these younger generations have been given a foundation that it's man who determines truth. And that's why you see the secular worldview permeating our culture and dominating at the present time. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, that's great stuff. I look forward to hearing a lot more at the uh, conference. Um, just to remind everyone, that conference is in the Atlone Springs Hotel in Westmead uh, this November 2nd to the 3rd. And it's called Contending for Creation. Have you uh, have you been to Ireland before, Ken? Oh, yes, I've been to Ireland. I've spoken in Ireland uh, a number of times, spoken in Dublin and, uh, and other places as well. Uh, and so I'm looking forward uh, to coming back. And by the way, people can go to our website, answersingenesis.org, and find out about the conference. And, uh, you know, we have um, the answersingenesis.org website actually... Uh, there is a, a UK website. It's the same address, answersandgenesis.org. You can go up and click on a country, and if you click on uh, UK, you'll be able to uh, find out that it's pretty easy to get resources to Ireland, um, and uh, people can order our resources there. But just just on our answersandgenesis.org website uh, are our conferences on our calendar, and they can find out the one that's uh, in in Ireland. And uh, so we look forward to coming over there, bringing uh, Dr. Georgia Purdom. We're bringing a couple of others of our scientists. We have a couple of scientists coming from the United Kingdom uh, as well. And there'll be people that will come from all over Europe uh, to come to uh, this conference. And so we really look forward to being there and hoping we can make an, an impact uh, there in Ireland as well. Oh, this is uh, yeah, this is really exciting. Um, I actually saw uh, Taz Walker speaking at the um, Giants Causeway um, in Northern Ireland. Um, I think maybe a couple of years ago, and uh, we had someone else from uh, Answers in Genesis speaking at a homeschooling conference with uh, Vody Bacham last year. So, um, an old hand at this stage. And uh, we've got some of your resources picked up there and uh, we'd recommend them to everyone. They're extremely helpful, um, especially the stuff we were looking at was for uh, young kids. Oh, that's great. And we'll bring over uh, with us. We'll have um, a range. It'll be the biggest range of creation apologetics resources available anywhere in the world. In fact, we'll have the biggest range that, uh, that you could ever get because uh, Answers in Genesis has all the leading you know, creation apologetics resources. And so we'll have them all there available for people to be able to uh, purchase as well. Great. Brilliant. Uh, look forward to seeing you then. Thanks very much, Ken. Look forward to it. Thank you. Great to talk. Thank you.